What does it mean to be engaged in today's workplace? How do we inspire, inform, and connect a working community? How do we build a culture of irreplaceability, trust, and listening to keep people on board and rowing together? Welcome to Post-COVID Leadership Advice. This series is all about building a workplace culture where people feel heard, supported, informed, and connected. This is a roadmap for leaders at any level, at any organization. Non-boarding. What is non-boarding? This is the absence of onboarding. So remember when you started your job, it could have been before COVID when you entered into an office and you were taken up by your colleagues and you had a wonderful introduction day and you went from lunch to a nice coffee meeting to a bit of training. Well, after COVID, all of that kind of disappeared, even as we returned to work. We are given a bit of online training to do and then we're kind of expected to figure it out and, uh, and sink or swim. And this is actually the biggest indicator for how long you stay at a company, is how much time was spent during your onboarding, how much time your manager took uh, to uh, get you up to speed on processes, introduce you to people, uh, build your network, and so on. So non-boarding is something that we really want to try to avoid. So when you onboard in a new company, there is a lot you need to know right away. You need to know who is doing what, you need to know the hierarchy, you need to have an understanding of stakeholders. And when this isn't mapped out for you in a visual way, then you have to kind of feel your way around in the dark. You have to build these maps of people in your head. And one of the best tools to start out with is an actual visual map that a manager draws up uh, for its new onboarder to get an understanding from who is doing what, who you turn to for help. And this is very practical in terms of who does IT, who you call when you can't log in, to kind of more fuzzy, uh, harder to define things like who is the best person to talk to uh, who has real understanding of the history of the company, who has a little bit of institutional knowledge, where are files found, where can you find uh, the newest training modules, how do you sign up for training. How do you get involved in mentoring programs, either as a mentor or a mentee? How do you get in touch with groups, um, special interest groups like um, diversity clubs or women's groups or uh, anything, <laughs> any number of, uh, of, of things that you can find in your social realm? And then how do these platforms work? So what do you use for scheduling? How do you book a meeting room? How do you set up a group call? How do you plan an event? How do you reserve rooms? All of these things are part of the institutional knowledge and not all companies have them written down. So that's why onboarding is a real track. Now, this is mapped just like the way uh, an employee experience is mapped. When a person first comes in, they usually fall into one of a few personas. So you have the internal hire, who leads a little bit less uh, onboarding work as such. You have the external hire who will need to know everything about what the company stands for and what it's doing. Then you will need to know things like, is the person coming from another country? Do they need help getting their children into school? Do they need help with housing? Do they understand how healthcare works in the country they're coming in? So that's a separate bucket of onboarding that has nothing to do with their actual job or their their work description 
but it's still part of the process. So you map these things out in a visual way and people join the stream according to their needs. Uh, interns will have their own path into the company that is very unique and specific, especially those interns from other countries. That's its own persona. So you get an understanding of your personas of your company and you map them out and you figure out what skills are needed, what knowledge is needed for this person to get up and running. Now, onboarding is usually a six to nine month process. I'm going to say this again. It is a six to nine month process before you start returning on the investment. That is for anyone. We're talking about a mid-level manager all the way up and down the chain. Uh, but this is a metric specifically used for mid-level managers. Six to nine months to get worked into a company, to build up your network, to really understand how the heck this place works and what I'm doing here and what I'm going to do you know, in the next couple of years and how I work with certain people, what are the cultural uh, boundaries, let's say, what is okay, what is not okay. It takes time and there is no shortcut. So managers who don't put the time aside, and this is a six to nine month process before you can expect somebody to be fully up and running and flying, invest the time. Because if you don't, the person will leave and you will have a whole lot more time getting this person replaced by someone new. You have to deal with the entire administration of out-processing and acquisition of new talent and onboarding all over again. So get it right the first time. Also, this is something about company values. How you bring somebody into the company when it matters is really determinant for their loyalty over the long term. And they are better able to onboard in their own right their new hires because somebody who is an onboarder in year one may very well be a hiring manager in year three. So if they've been onboarded properly, they can turn around and onboard very, very nicely. And you don't even have to really support that so much. So we get this right as a role. So when we talk about onboarding in the dark, it has this kind of cultural excitement to it like hazing does when you apply to join a sorority or fraternity. You go through this really rigorous process where you're lost and confused and oftentimes in emotional pain, <laughs> maybe even physical pain. We don't know. Let's hope not, but can be. And you sort of go through this horrible process. And once you get out the other end, uh, you kind of join this sort of elite club of non-boarders. And well, we made it through, so you can too kind of thing. Let's drop that way of thinking because that is, first of all, fairly toxic because it tells you that the company is not really interested in your experience as you join and is not investing in you from day zero. And by the way, it's not even day zero, it's day negative five. You start onboarding five days before you join the company. You start reaching out to people long before they join in a digital way. So if they're not investing in you already from day one or day zero or day minus five, what does that tell you about how they're going to care about your future career? Uh, what does that tell you about how they are valuing your experience uh, as an employee? So this is the message that we are sending when we non-board. Uh, so we do this at our own risk. So there are a few other basic tips. 
First of all, a buddy, assign a buddy. This is really important. One person who is close to the person in terms of their team, proximity, in terms of their actual, what they're doing. Uh, but this person guides the onboarder in through the process and can answer the random questions. This person should not be your manager. This person should be just, let's say, a friend. And you can ask this, but you can feel safer on this person. You might not feel comfortable asking your manager the same questions five times, which, by the way, is normal. Uh, when you're onboarding, you often have to ask the same question five or maybe ten times. And the manager may or may not have the patience for this, but your buddy, buddy will. So assign a buddy. And this person is with you for the entire six to nine month period. And this person will help you out with acronyms. Uh, which usually with most companies is like a list of 850 words that people just throw around. Oftentimes, a lot of people don't even understand what they mean, but they use them anyway. So this is really important. A buddy. A buddy is somebody who sits with the onboarder maybe once a week, maybe often in the beginning, maybe every day. Uh, and then as the person is finding their sea legs, this can lessen to about I don't know, once a week, once a month, if necessary, uh, depending on the person's experience. Celebrate. Make sure the onboarder is valued from the start and celebrated. Hey, we're really happy you came. Here's some stuff. Here's some company merch. Here's a t-shirt. Here's a mug, which you can reuse. Uh, and this really feels good, whether it's shipped to the person before they join physically or whether they just get a little bundle of stuff when they arrive and it doesn't have to be a bottle of champagne. It can be something tiny. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just a thing, a present that you give to the person when they arrive. And I don't just mean their laptop and their phone because this is what they need to do their jobs. A working laptop, let's just be clear about that. So give the person something and tell them that you are happy to have them on board. It's amazing how often this tiny little detail is missed, but it's really important. Let's also get social. So invite them for lunch. Invite them for a team gathering. Uh, go for a coffee with them. Make sure that they feel like they're part of the team from the beginning. And this often involves food. There's nothing like food to drive engagement. The other thing that's very important is to protect. We need to protect the onboarder. That means shelter them from the incoming mailstorm, which is a general normal company state of mind, which is this pepper spray of work that has to be done. Shield them from this. Give them one small thing to do to start out with. Usually a volunteer project. Hey, why don't you organize the company meeting next time with some muffins, something small. Uh, and make sure that they are given assignments when they can handle them. So a typical onboarder will start off with about 90% of their time in school and 10% of their time doing actual work. Then as their time moves on, that is going to switch to 50-50 maybe. So they'll be training and learning about the company 50% of the time and actually doing work 50% of the time. The most effective way, and we take advantage of an onboarder's willingness to please. Onboarders really want to do a good job. They want to do as much work and show their value as quickly as possible. This might not be the case if you've been with a company two, three years. You're probably a little bit bored by then. 
so you're not like eager to please. But the onboarder really wants to do a great job and show their value first. This is the perfect time to implement a ticketing system, which means when the person is ready to take on more work, they ask for it and you give it to them. Listen, make sure to listen to your onboarder. What do they want? Where do they see themselves in five years? These are very important questions to ask in the beginning, not just after the first year, because oftentimes people come into a company with the idea that they want to go somewhere. And maybe you can find out if this isn't the right exact role for the person, you can start job crafting from the start. Listen to them. How do they like being there? You can ask them every single time they have a session with you. Are they still okay being here? Are they confused? Are they lost? What are they missing? How does it compare with the other companies that they've worked at? And don't just listen for the good stuff. Deeply listen what they're saying, what they're not saying. We need these onboarder perspectives early because once the person starts after about six to 10 weeks, they start drinking the Kool-Aid. And you know what I mean when I say drinking the Kool-Aid, they start talking like, sounding like everyone else in the company. And this means they accept the status quo. Now that's great to get work done, but we need that outside perspective. That's extremely valuable. Well, at my previous company, they did it this way. And here they do it a little differently, which is not as effective. What do you mean? Can you tell us about that? Because they'll forget. And then make sure to learn. Learn from your onboarder. Your onboarder has plenty to say. Every time your onboarder goes through one more of the processes of onboarding, they will have something to say about it. They will be able to rate this process. This training was awful. This training was great. This person was confusing. This person was never there. This person made me feel awful. This person made me feel great. Learn. How are they experiencing the onboarding? Improving onboarding is an incremental process. It is not something that is done overnight. And using the experience of the onboarder to help guide your onboarding process is extremely valuable. So thank you for this. This was non-boarding in a nutshell. Thank you for being a part of this episode. Subscribe, follow, so you never have to miss another one. These ideas are based on the Comic Books for Executive series. Go to postcovidhandbook.com 